0: Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are a church based out of Los Angeles, California, and we just want to say thank you to all of those who listen in weekly, download, like, subscribe, and engage with our content. We are super excited today as we have a guest with us, Pastor Bianca Olta from the Father's House, Orange County. Check this out. Turn with me in your Bible to Acts 27 as we open up the Word of God. If you brought your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. If you didn't bring your Bibles, it's all good. You have a space and place here. The verses are on the screen. But as you turn there and put your notebooks, your pens, your highlighters, what I want to do is give a little bit of context before we dive in. Because we're going to literally walk into the middle of a storm, but you need to know what we're walking into before the storm. Our boy Paul the Apostle was put on trial he was falsely accused and the people wanted to shut him down so they put him on trial but they didn't know that they were messing with the wrong man because paul the apostle was a roman citizen And as a Roman citizen, if you go on trial, you could actually appeal to Caesar, our version of like the Supreme Court. So he appealed to Caesar and they said, oh, you want to go to Caesar? Then Rome, you shall go. Uh, They are about to board a ship and Paul talks to the captain and says, there's a storm coming. We should not go on this ship. Paul warned the captain and the captain was like, buck up, buttercup, get on the ship. So 276 inmates, prisoners, and Paul, um, in in addition to the captain, the crew got onto the ship. And they are going through treacherous waters. The nights are long. The days are dark. The storm is raging. And we literally find ourselves in the middle of a storm. We don't have time to read, but I love in verse 20 of chapter 27, it says that the storm was raging and they lost hope. What I love about this is that a detail that is in this passage, in this chapter, As in the middle of the storm, scripture says that during the day the sun was covered and at night the stars could not be seen. Don't overlook the details of the word of God because what that gives us a hint to is that their navigational devices, the thing that they would normally look to for direction and instruction is gone. And maybe you came in here today and you feel like you are in a storm of life. And the things that you have looked to, to guide you, to direct you, to instruct you, feel like they are gone. Maybe you are in what one author says is the dark night of soul. Where you feel like no matter what you do, you have fallen into an inkwell and you are surrounded by utter darkness. To those in this space that might be feeling that, you might think that you have lost hope. You might think that you are beyond hope. You might think that you are broken and lost, but I have come with a word. Because the fact that you have arrived here today, whether watching online or running on a treadmill on a podcast, let me tell you something. You might think that your life is over, but I have come to tell you that there is a shred of hope inside of you. Because your soul knows, your soul knows, your soul knows that if you are not dead, then our good God isn't done. You came in here today. You are listening to this word because you know that God isn't done. But what happens in those moments where the boat keeps rocking and the storm is raging? Let me tell you that, that, that you were dropped into this place much like Paul. Paul had a plan for his life. Paul had a mission to achieve. Paul knew that there was a purpose for everything he was going through. And I have to remind us today, it is so easy to throw in the towel. It is so easy to walk away. It is so easy to say, that's it, I quit, I'm done, goodbye, A sayonara, I will leave and never come back. We know what quitting feels like. I want us to know what fighting and staying feels like. The title of today's message is Grit Don't Quit. In verse 24, this is where he picked this up. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must, somebody fill this house with God's word and say must. must. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Now, don't miss this detail. I gave you a little hint. Paul told the, the, the captain and the crewman not to sail to Crete. He said, yo, we can't go, bro. We can't go because there's going to be a storm. And now they're in a storm. Mm. Sometimes we feel like we find ourselves in situations cleaning up a mess we didn't make. Have you been there? Yeah. I told you. I told you. If, you were to do, if we were to do this, if you were to do this, this is where we would end up. And now you're here. I love, I love in this situation. Paul gives us this clue, if you will. He gives us the permission to be frustrated. In verse 21, we're going to read it in a second. In verse 21, he gives permission to be frustrated, but he holds the tension, the twin tension of faith and frustration. Let's read this. In verse 21, we see Paul say, if you would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. What is that? Frustration. But, 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 but because of my God, we will get to our destination. That's faith. That is faith and frustration both. So, but you know what is beautiful is that we can hold the the tension of faith and frustration, but you know what is not listed here? The why. The why is not listed. And as someone who was always a why kid, Bianca, clean your room, why? Bianca, do your homework, why? Bianca, take a shower, why? It's like I needed a legal dissertation to give me excuses to do everything that I felt called to do. Like, oh, okay, prove it. And I'm embarrassed to admit that as an adult, I still find myself asking why questions. Why is this happening, God? Why is that happening? Maybe you have come in here today and you're asking, why did my spouse walk out on me? Why did I lose my job? Am I losing my job? I lost my house. Why, why doesn't my spouse love me anymore? Um, it's difficult to look in those seasons and not find a reason. Now I love us, if you're a Christian, I love us. I love us, I love us. But sometimes we're messy. You know, we love to put a biblical Band-Aid over a bullet wound, you know? Someone's bleeding out and in total pain and we're like, we will we will just do the total Instagram meme thing of Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan for you, plans of good and not of evil, amen, sayonara, I blessed you. Or we love love Romans 8.28. We crochet it on pillows and we post it on mugs. All things work together for good. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, I know, I know. But right now, I'm sad. Right now, I'm angry. Right now, I'm frustrated. And I'm asking the why. If you're there today, let me tell you that you might have come in with so many questions. And in a culture and in a world that is asking why, why, why. They're asking questions that I humbly do not have. But what I will explain through a biblical perspective as well as personal stories is that we may not know the why, but we have to know the who. We have to know the who. And there's a danger in, we, in staying with the why. See, if we stay with the why, we risk becoming bitter. Why did that happen, God? Why did they get that? How did he get hurt? I know, brother, I don't know. But serve the house, find a spouse. Hello, somebody. I'm just prophesying over here. We'll get to that in a second. But, but you're, you find yourself asking why. Why, God? Why did our dream house go into foreclosure? Why, God? If we stay in the why, we risk becoming bitter. We have to choose to trust in the who. Focus on the who. Who will be with you when you fail? Who will be with you when you falter? Who will fight off the lies of the enemy when the enemy comes at you one way? When we focus on the who, it's an act of surrender. It's an act of surrender. You know what surrender is? It's not quitting. Know where we see this? In the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus says, I don't want to go to the cross, God. Dad, I don't want you to take me there, please, if there's any other way. But not my will, your will be done. That is surrender. When we say that we focus on the who, there's going to be some people that are are sitting behind their laptop computer screens on YouTube. The YouTube theologians, the Pajama Mujahideen that want to destroy people and say, prove that in scripture. I will. I'm so glad you said that. Look at verse 23. Paul says this last night, an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, golly. This is a whole message in and of itself, but let me just step away from the word of God, because Paul says these two words that I want us to hold on to: the God to which I belong and the God to which I serve. Mm, that's a word right there, a whole other sermon for another day, because we have so many people right now that are like, I belong to God, I'm a Christian, or I belong to Zoe church, but you don't give, you don't tithe, you don't serve, you come once every six months, and you're like, I belong. Baby, if you belong, you gotta serve, okay? Paul says this right here. You, you want to belong? We have baptisms right after service. We got towels, we got a shirt, we got everything for you. Get dumped to the glory of God. Belong and serve. Now back to the word, okay. An angel of the Lord to whom I belong and who I'm served served stood beside me. Sometimes in our surrender, and especially in storms, is the very place. Well, what our soul is longing for, that presence and that protection of the Lord, is actually revealed. I believe that in the middle of storms, we are positioned to encounter God. It is in those desperate moments of crying out where God shows up. Don't miss the detail of the word. Scripture says that in the middle of the storm, the Lord sends an angel with a word to Paul. You might not know the why, but I'm asking you to reorient your focus onto the who. I don't know why, but I believe that God is good and I believe that God does good. I'm confused about the why, but my confidence is in the who. I don't know what's happening, but God is in control. God has sent me an angel, as it says in verse 24, and it has to happen. It has to happen. Paul knew that he had to go to Rome, but it was confirmed in the middle of a storm because an angel shows up. In 2019, right before uh, COVID, that wonderful, horrible gift that God gave us as a globe happened, uh, we were a new church. We were a couple months old. And prior to launching the Father's House Orange County, the Lord put a burden on my heart for prisons. And I wanted to resource the incarcerated and bring the message of the gospel. And so when we started the church, I was like, we can't stop that. We just got to build upon that. And there was an opportunity for us to launch a campus. Again, we were a few months old. But we took $75,000 and we invested into a prison campus here in Southern California. And it was popping, man. It was popping. It was amazing. You all sounded beautiful during worship today. But let me tell you something. You do not sound as powerful as prison inmates. Because they're a captive audience, literally all right i love a Cory Timboom boom says that god is god is all you don't never you don't know that god is all you have until god is all let me flip it and reverse it that god is all you need i'm gonna do that again you never know that god is all you need until god is all you have i did it i did it fam pull it together so when covid happened Literally within 48 hours, that entire second campus closed down and we didn't get an opportunity to connect with the inmates, to tell them that we love them, to tell them what was going on, to resource them with any additional Bibles or iPads packed with Bible messages. It was nothing. And I was devastated. I said, God, did we not hear you? Did we squander away your money? Why? 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 That was one of my ministry whys. But you've come in here today and you have a why. Why did this happen? Why am I going through this? Why won't you change this? I don't know the why, but I do know the who. And I'm not trying to brush over this and say it's not going to be scary. If you're in the storm, it's scary. But I'm asking you to take your faith and your fear and your frustrations and put them in the hands of a good father. Paul tells them in scripture, he says, I want you to read this chapter for your homework. Paul tells them, he says, we're going to make it, but it ain't going to be on this boat during the storms of my personal life, I know that God is whispering over to me, like Paul told the inmates of the crew, we're going to make it. It's just not going to look the way that you want it to look. And when I bring you this message, it's not because it's points I've pontificated and put together with powerful preaching points. No, I put this together because this is my life. I'm in a season of my life right now that feels like it's Nothing more than an incinerator. It's a huge fire that has no end. And I don't know what God is going to do. And I'm tired of asking why. So in this season, I'm focusing on the who. God, you do good. You are good. I don't know what you're doing. But the spirit of God is whispering over me. You're going to make it be. It's just not going to be in this boat. Something is going to work out. And you might be here today and you are wondering why. Why did they break up with me? Why did they walk out on me? Why didn't this come through? Why? Why? I get it. And I see you. I acknowledge and validate your pain. But I love you too much to have you stay there. I do. Because the word of God wants to give us practical handles. And we're going to get to that in a second. Now, again, there's so much richness in this passage. And I want you to read it for your homework. Uh, We don't have time. But in verses 30. 2 and 33 Paul's is going to tell them, "Hey, we're going to run this ship into the ground. Basically, we're going to crash this boat into the rocks. The boat's going to splinter and we haven't eaten. The scripture includes that they haven't eaten for 2 weeks, 14 days." So Paul tells them to eat. And that brought me such joy because Paul was a stress eater too. Yes, Paul. Yes, thank you. I love that. He tells in verse 35, then he took some some what, family. That's right. He took some bread. So everyone who's on keto, it is allowed in the Bible, okay? Look it. He took some bread, gave thanks to God before all them, and broke off a piece and ate it. Oh, oh. Some people are walking in here, and you're twitching at the sound of eating bread because you've been on keto so long. You're looking like a toothpick. You're, 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 you're about to crash. Let me tell you something. Maybe you just need a cheeseburger after church, Fred. Maybe that's what you need, okay? You're sitting here thinking, oh, I'm going to get a lettuce wrap. No, 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 don't, don't. A little bread never hurt nobody. Okay? Jesus said he's the bread of life, family. Okay? (laughs) But I shop at Erewhon and I'm told that like bread inflammates me. Thanks, Susan. I know, but just a little bit. If you're about to run up to the shore, it's, it's allowed. I don't know. That's what Paul said. All right? Paul promised them, even in their confusion, that it would be okay. And guess what? It was. He said, it has to happen. And it did. so what I want us to do is I want to get very comfortable putting faith into this space. I want you to repeat after me and say, it has, to it has to happen. Okay, good. That was good. Good effort. Good effort. So this is what we're going to do. Every situation and scenario I give you, you're going to repeat back with a confident and full of faith. It has to happen. I want you to be Paul in the ship in the middle of a storm. And I want you to tell yourself and your neighbors it has to happen. That was good. I wasn't ready for you. Now let's try it. You are applying for a job that you feel underqualified for. You are going to finish college even though your family is telling you you won't. Your child who has been wayward and raised in church will return to the fold yet again. You will be debt free even though you are under insurmountable debt. I have been depressed for so long, but my joy will return. My marriage is hot mess express, but guess what? I want you to say this so loud that the demons in hell quiver and shake because of your confidence and faith. And you tell the enemy, no matter what you've thrown at me, it has to happen. happen. Because Because it does. Because it does. Because it does. I'm cautious about speaking about sovereignty. What sovereignty? That God is in control of all. Because when I talk about sovereignty, we're prone to think that I'm putting a band-aid over a bullet wound. I'm not. I'm literally saying, if God says it, it will happen. And there's people in here with promises laying dead in the graveyard and you want to walk away from it. But I need you to hold on to that one shred of faith and say, it has to happen. Look at verse 1 of chapter 28. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. There's a word nerd in here that might know why I'm so excited about this. But I need all the church mothers and the holy saints who grew up in a church that had like praise hankies to get ready to pull it out right now, okay? Because scripture includes the title, the name of the island that they ran aground into. Bible scholars, it's on the screen, but what island what was the name of the island? Malta. Do you know what Malta means? refuge hallelujah yes the bible is so full of biblical irony that in the middle of the storm our good god our good god took them to malta i came here today to tell you you might be in the middle of a storm you might have to run your boat into the ground it may not look like you suspect but guess what it has to happen and god's gonna give you a refuge Ooh, ooh. He's gonna send you a refuge. A refuge is a shelter or a condition of being safe from danger. God gave Paul a shelter. On the screen behind me is a, is a picture of Malta. I want us to get a visual of it because most of us have never been to Malta. And if I were to pull up a map, you wouldn't even know where Malta is, but it's off the Grecian islands. And when the storm got bumpy, the refuge was waiting for them, and when the storm hit, they were going to make it. They took refuge by running a boat into Malta. Thank you for the one Pentecostal who came to support me today. Thank you. Ten extra credit points for you, brother got to fill god 's house with the truth. Look at verse two: The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us because it was raining. And cold. Maybe you're in an unfamiliar place, speaking an unfamiliar language because they didn't speak Greek. And maybe, maybe you, like Paul, have survived false accusations, you've survived storms, you have crashed the ship into the side of an island called Malta, and you have doggy paddled in sea salt water to ashore and now he's on shore and now he doesn't speak the language but you want to know something baby grit don't quit Grit, don't quit. You made it this far. You have come too far to quit now. You know what I love about L.A.? Online family, you got to be in the house one day. Fly to L.A. because it's worth it. You know what I love about Los Angeles? We're gritty folk. We're gritty folk. We don't quit. The streets are as dirty as us. You know, like we make it. We out here thug life and for Jesus, okay? Grit, don't quit. So I have to ask, have you ever been to Malta? See, Paul was supposed to go to Rome. Paul was supposed to speak to Caesar, the most powerful man in the world, the most powerful place in the world, and yet he finds himself on itty bitty little Malta. Have you been to Malta? You thought you were going somewhere. You had a destination to be at, and yet you find yourself on a place where you don't speak the language and you feel really lost. What is Malta? Malta. Malta is when your spouse tells you that they don't wanna try on the marriage and serves you with divorce papers. Malta is the unexpected layoff from the job that was your dream. Malta is the relationship issues that no therapist feels like they could fix. Malta is the rehab center for your loved one that you didn't expect you would be covering the price for. Malta, Malta is the bankruptcy you tried your hardest to To not go into. So I have to ask you, have you been to Malta? In fact, I want to ask our house. We've been very kind and we've come with our church faces and we speak Christianese, which is a fluent language where we say, God bless you. How are you blessed? God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. But now I want to speak to the gritty folk, the honest folk. If you're here today and you're in Malta, can you be honest in the house of God and raise your hand? Thank you. Keep her hand up. Now the question is, have you ever been on Malta? Yeah, that's pretty much all of us. We find ourselves in places and spaces that we didn't prepare for, we didn't want to go to. And Malta may be where you are, but I'm claiming Malta ain't gonna be where you live. Because Rome is waiting. It has to happen. Grit, don't quit. Let's carry on. Look at verse 3. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the f- fire, a viper, a viper dri- was driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Wait, wait, wait. Nah, bro, why is this happening now? Are you serious? So in Jewish culture, <clears throat> there's an expression... In Yiddish, where you raise your shoulders and your hands in exasperation and you're always trying to be positive and you say things like, it could be worse. In Paul's situation, this is the worst. Think about it. He was falsely accused, shipwrecked at sea, ran a ship ashore, doggy paddled to the shore. And after all of this, he's helping the the natives build a fire. And out of his kindness, a viper attaches to his wrist. Are you kidding me? no. So I want us to get the visual of a snake dangling off the wrist of Paul. It's pierced its skin. And, and as I was preparing and I was looking at this, I don't want to interpret the text incorrectly. So I'm going to step away from the Bible for a second. But there's this tidbit in this passage that I feel like is so relevant, uh, relevant for our house. It, it is this. In seasons where things attach to you and, and look dangerous, people love to give you the Why? why you're in the situation you're in. Well, if you wouldn't have taken that job, well, if you wouldn't have married that person, well, if you didn't move to that city, well, you should have done that. See, people love assigning the why, but baby, they're not the who. Only God knows why you're on Malta. So tell bitter Betty and hater Jose and salty Sal, you're not the who, so don't claim my why. Because they, uh, the islanders tried doing the exact same thing to Paul. Look at verse 4. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. Though he escaped the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. Clearly he's done something wrong. This is justice coming upon him. People love assigning the why. Ooh, we are so good. We are so good at being so opinionated. And I love that in the next verse, Paul preaches one of the most powerful sermons in the scope of scripture, and he doesn't even say a word. Look at verse five. Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. Wait, what? Paul didn't try to convince the haters, the doubters, the skeptic. He just shook it off. All right. So Paul is teaching us what to do in these situations. When you've made it through the storms of life and all hell has broken loose on shore, and people want to come at you every which way on twice on Sundays, this is what you do. Oh, you shake it off. Oh, you just shake it off, okay? When they try to assign the why, shake it off. Because grit don't quit. Paul knew he had to go to Rome. Paul knew he had to speak to Caesar. He's like, ah, it has to happen. So shake off the biters, shake off the snakes, shake off the haters. And when they come at you, guess what? This is how you shake it off. You don't reply. I am too dignified to reply to that level of stupidity. When they leave a comment on your Instagram and your social media account, don't reply. Don't reply. When, when, when your mood is trying to dictate your mindset, shake it off shake it off. When you feel like you're falling down into the doldrums of despair and depression, shake it off by putting on some worship music. See, because Paul knew he was not going to die on Malta. Rome was waiting. It has to happen. And you have been spending, if you're here today and you are asking yourself, why, 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 why? Let me save you time. Let me save you time. Stop wasting time with the why. And can I, can I beg you to reorient yourself to the who? Because the snake fell off of his hand and into the fire and it has to happen. It has to happen. In this season, in this season where I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread, I have to convince myself and God has whispered to me, Bianca, you're not just going through this for yourself. You're going through this for everyone else who needs to know it's possible to survive. And if I'm out here in these streets and I'm moving forward, I'm going to drag you with me. I refuse for the children of God to live on the floor. I will scream at you. I will yell at you. I will holler at you. I, I will say, get up, get up, get up. I don't care if you have to drag yourself, baby, crawl, okay? Because grit, don't quit. I have a twin sister. Her name is Jasmine. And she's like, Bianca, I like your preaching Why do you always yell? So you could hear me above the voices of the enemy, okay? That's why we're here. Paul shakes off the snake, and let's pick this up in verse 6. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. This is hilarious to me. This is hilarious to me. Did anyone stop and try to help him? No, they're looking at him to curl up, writhe on the floor, raise an angry fist towards God and die. Child of God, do you know that people are looking at you the exact same way? In your storm and on your Malta, people are looking at you to lose it, to curl up, to curse God and die. But no, you can't because grit, don't quit, family. Grit, don't quit. I need to be very clear. And if you don't know, there's an enemy out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And you have to fight. No, 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 no. I will get my joy back. No, no, no. I will fight for my family. I will fight for my children. I will fight for my education. I will fight for my health. I don't care what comes at me. I will get back up. And look at you today, fam. You're here. You're watching online. You're listening to a podcast and you are doing it. You've got back up. Hallelujah. Amen. You're doing the dang thing. Let's continue on. When, when they saw that he didn't swell up and die, they said, well, then he must be a god. Reason 97,726 why you should not listen to people, okay? Because the people that will ascribe your, your, your why, ascribe your now, and then give you opinions, well, you're pregnant as a teen because I told you you shouldn't have done that and you want to know something. Your future holds nothing for you. Is the same people, are the same people that will show up at your college graduation and say, I knew she could do it all along. No, 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 no. It's the truth because they did it to Jesus remember they cried out hosanna hosanna and the next day they're saying crucify him crucify him no 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 and this is beautiful see the sermon can end right here we could say amen hallelujah grit don't quit but this isn't about looking at paul and how he was gritty this is about us building practical handles so we know how to do the exact same thing i'm going to be honest paul knew he wasn't supposed to be at malta and yet that's where he finds himself and I know there's people in this room as I was preparing for this message who as 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 quickly as of this week you have found yourself saying I don't want to live anymore. God, if you don't reveal yourself, I'm just going to take my life because I don't know if you're real and I don't know if I want to exist in this. I know that there's people in here who have lost a loved one and yet you're here in church because grit don't quit. I know there's people in here who have lost their job and yet are still serving at church, still tithing at church, and still believing because grit, don't quit. So let's learn from Paul to see how to pivot towards purpose. Look at verse 7. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius. What an unfortunate biblical name. Any pregnant women in the house, don't name your children this. You're You're welcome. The chief official of the island, he welcomed us into his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. So this is, this is the scene, Paul goes from zero to hero. Everyone loves him and now he's invited to a bougie place. If you're from LA, Paul was kicking it in East Los, and now he's in Brentwood, all right? Like this is crazy, wow, amazing. And it made me think, what if our adversity is gonna be the thing that opens the door to places that we didn't belong? What if our adversity is the very thing that will lead us to our opportunity where we get to stand back and look back retrospectively like Paul and say, I had to be falsely accused. I had to go through the storm. I had to be shipwrecked. I had to be bitten by a viper. I had to survive for this very moment. And while there, something happens. Paul meets Publius. Look at verse 8. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Pause. Keep the scripture on the screen. But, but I, just so that this is very clear, fever and dysentery, this was a death sentence. Like his dad was going to die. But something was about to change because there was a purpose in the plan. While Paul meets Publius' father, there is a miracle on Malta in the making. Carry on verse 8. So Paul went in and after prayer, after prayer, if you brought your Bible, circle it. If you didn't bring your Bible, but your neighbor next to you brought their Bible, circle it, because I believe in biblical graffiti. It's the truth. After prayer, because tonight, the Lord has put a word in my heart about how to heal from heartbreak. And we're gonna pray tonight and we're gonna believe and we're gonna anoint people with oil and we're gonna worship. Because the revival that we wanna see in our nation, the revival that I wanna see in Southern California isn't gonna happen unless there's a revival of our own hearts. And God will use this us broken. But his intent is for us to be made whole. And after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. See, Paul could have gotten bitter. He could have gotten bit and bitter, but he didn't. He maximized every opportunity to be used by God. I love this. And and you're not going to like the answer. But when we want to run away, when we want to quit, we want to throw in the towel. I need to give us a practical handle for us to hold on to. If you're the note-taking type and you want to build some grit in your life, I want you to write down number one. Stay and serve. All the church leadership is like, amen. Stay and serve. We need help. The amen that I want to hear is from everyone else here. If you feel like you're in the dark night of soul and you want to go swiftly into the night, I'm going to encourage you don't. Stay and serve. Because Paul had no clue what was going to happen on Malta. When did Paul realize that there was a miracle in the making? When did he get there? Look at verse 9. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. This is the second thing that will, that will build grit in our life. First one is stay and serve. The second one, when you want to quit, this is what I want you to do. Find purpose in the pain. I know there's someone out there that's really angry. Because it sounds so cliche. I've seen that on TikTok. Well, it's truth we can find purpose in our pain. I'm not saying that your trauma is good. I'm not saying that your loss is good. I'm not saying that your depression is good. I'm saying that in the pain, we get to choose our perspective. That in the dark night of soul, we can choose to find diamonds in the mine of depression. That we can look at a long corridor that feels really far and dark and see a light at the end of the tunnel. Not in our strength, but in noticing what Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And the reason why I'm so excited and why I believe that we're gonna put a praise on it through the act of worship is because I believe that we can start praising God now. What wait, wait, wait. Praise God now? Praise God now, B? Do you know what's in my life? Yes, start praising God now because the thing that the enemy tried to use to take you out, it didn't work. You're still here. You're still here everything that the enemy tried to throw at you no you made it through the storm what storm have you made it through what shipwreck have you made it through what shore have you washed up against what snake bike have you survived what did you survive that you wish you wouldn't have i'm here to tell you that malta has a reason malta has a reason you got to do the work and find it the third truth that we see in building grit is this use your hands for healing if you're here and you don't believe me and you're listening with skepticism, I want to highlight a small detail from the word of God. Let's turn to our sponsor yet again in verse 8. Paul went in to see him. And after prayer, it's not in our strength, fam. It's not in your strength. It's not in your education. It's not where you play professional sports. It's not in your family, your heritage, your last name. It's in the power of God. When he after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. He and healed him. Scripture says that he took his hands and laid it on him. The same hand that was bitten by a snake is the same hand that healed Publius' daddy. The thing, the thing that you're going through that everyone thought that was gonna take you out, it's gonna be the hands that God uses to bring healing to so many other people. Look at verse 9 again. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. A house became a church and miracles broke out. I don't know your why. I don't know my why. But I know the who. God is good. God does good. God is working this out for my good. Even on my Malta. We can't quit in the storm. It has to happen. I may not like it. I may not understand it. I may not love it. I may not want it, but it has to happen. Remember the prison campus I told you about? It closed in 2019. I got a call last month for the prison chaplain that said, Pastor Bianca, we just want to let you know that we're fully open again, and we want to let you know that we'd love to give you access back in a better room with new technology for your campus. It's amazing. But the economy of God, we only level up because he called another warden at a woman's prison and said, hey, this church would love to come in and do chapel services. So now we have two prison campuses oh but it gets better fam it gets better because the economy of god we only level up another prison out in norco said hey we heard about the church would you love to come in and get access so baby with the lord uh with the enemy meant for evil god is using it for good we went from one campus to three i'm here to tell you it has to happen in the middle of the storm maybe you feel like paul and you're like i'm in a mess that i didn't make and i gotta clean up or maybe you're here and you're like the captain where you knew that you were supposed to go right and you went left and you realize that you've made a mess. Or maybe you were like the people on the boat. I don't know how we got here, but we're here and I don't know what to do. Let me tell you that there is a man in the boat with you. As Jesus was in the boat on the sea of Galilee in a raging storm, he looked at his disciples and he uttered these words, peace be still. I am not the Lord, but I have come to speak the same words over this house, peace, be still. Jesus says, come to me all who are heavy laden and weary and I will give you rest. If you're here today and you are on your Malta, before we praise, this is what I want us to to know, is that God sees you on your Malta and he's not done. He's not done. I want us to have an honest moment before God. See, if you came with a spouse or a friend, you can lie to your friend, you can lie to your spouse, you can lie to your boss, you can lie to your pastor, you could even lie to yourself, but you can't lie to God. And here in the house of God, I want us to have a moment of confession and say, God, I'm tired of asking why, show me why, but until then I'm trusting in the who. Will you speak to me here on this Malta? In this moment, we're going to worship, but I wanna pray for every single person, every single person who feels like they're on Malta. I want everyone to remain seated for a second. We're gonna stand and worship, but if you are on Malta and you need prayer, the spirit of God to meet you right where you are, will you do me a favor? With every head lifted and every eye open, will you stand? Will you stand if you need prayer? And the honesty in this house is breaking chains of shame and pride because we're honest people and we need our Lord in this moment. If you are seated next to someone, Father God, there's so many people in pain, family. This is why we gather. It's not for a show, it's not for religious obligation. We gather so that chains can be broken and people can find freedom. I'm gonna pray a prayer over, over us and then I'm gonna invite everyone to stand to our feet and give God gratitude that what the enemy meant for evil what the enemy meant to take us out has no power against what god is doing in our life spirit of the living god i pray for every single woman and man who is standing and declaring in honesty that they're in a moment where they just where they need you god remind them remind them that rome has to happen remind them of their purpose God it has to happen heal them in their pain God it has to happen with what the enemy meant to destroy them in their hands God in their hands will healing come out will you reveal to them Lord the why but until then be a faithful who a who that will guide them and direct them a who that will open up doors a who that soar the years of the locust and the canker worm has eaten to the glory of God so today Lord as a community of people some who are in Malta some who are in Rome we stand all of us stand and declare how great you are how good you are how holy you are how exalted you are we give you our praise God and we say we worship you that you are good all the time and all the time you are good will you take our praise in this moment will you take our worship in this moment will you transform Transform my heart. Transform my mind. Give me a newness, God. A newness, O so Malta, to storm fires and to bring healing.